exception. Number four is the way without prayer is the way of death. Now, for the ungodly, many decisions are made without prayer. And people make the biggest decisions of life, and they have no thought of God, no thought of being guided. Uh, They might talk about karma. They might talk about, well, I hope the gods are with me, and they might cross their fingers and do all kinds of things that, that might recognize that there's some force somewhere that might guide me. But how many get down on their knees and cry to God to be guided into the right path? Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and it is a joy to bring the message of the gospel to you today. And we are looking from the book of Proverbs at the subject, The Ways of Death. And I am pleading that people do not follow the humanistic ways that lead to death. We have a great example of humanism in the life of Cain. Cain's unrepentant heart made him a fugitive in the earth. God's questions to Cain were searching, Where is Abel thy brother? Followed by, What hast thou done? These questions left Cain as naked before God. His answer, Am I my brother's keeper? And that showed that he had no regard for his brother's life nor his welfare. Abel's blood cried out unto God for vengeance. He was guilty before God, but remained unrepentant and was headed for judgment. Cain was cursed from the earth, we are told in verse 11. The ground would no longer sustain him. He became a fugitive and a vagabond. The saddest words recorded of Cain are found in verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. Nod means wandering. Cain removed himself from God's care and from his rule. He sought to build a future without God. Throughout the Bible, Cain stands as the man who went apostate, turning away from the provisions and the mercies of God. I plead with you today that you do not follow the way of sinful men, that you do not follow the pattern or the example of apostates who have rejected God, rejected His Word, and have turned into the pathways of death. O Cain, what a sad, sad life story this is. There was no further turning of him. And I trust that today that you will prove to be repentant to be uh, burdened to know God, and that you will find mercy through faith in the Lord Jesus. That's the gospel. Christ Jesus come into the world to save sinners. And if you recognize that you are a lost sinner, you can be saved, and you can turn to the Lord for his salvation and for peace with God. 
In Genesis 4, 16 to 24, we have a picture of the development of the world during the days prior to the flood. And the record shows that many dwelt in cities, others lived in tents, herded cattle, developed music, worked with metal. Lamech became a polygamist, and as a poet, he boasted in his violence and bully tactics. All oh, the sinfulness of man and his headlong worship of self, it always gets him in trouble. And so, we invite you to stay tuned with us today as we turn to the book of Proverbs on the ways of death. Oh, what a, a dark subject, yet because Christ died for us, we have glorious hope. And I trust that today that you will avail yourself of the hope which is in the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. And you may have asked the opinion of 10 people, but it's humanism. You are following human wisdom. That is deceptive. And you may build your confidence that your way is right and safe. But it's only when you come to the Bible that you will find the truth, which is fixed and final and is a guide through all of life. And so from this warning text, we take the warning note that the way without the Bible is the way of death. Now, are you submitting your life to the Word of God, to this light of truth that will stand you today, tomorrow, and eternity? That's the call of this text. Then the second way, without a Savior, leads to death. Any way that men are following and they have no Savior is the pathway to death. Now, let's face it, Jesus' way is not very popular. The Bible tells us that few there be that find it. Few enter therein. The way of life is narrow. It is like passing through a needle. It is restricted, and it's the narrow way. But the way to eternity a lost eternity is broad, and many there be that go in thereat. And of course, the reality is that it costs to follow the Lord Jesus. It is the way of shame. It is the way of reproach. And we are asked to carry a cross to be a Christian. We will become misunderstood and rejected by this world just as our Lord Jesus is. Now, the man in the street reasons like this, and he says, can the multitudes be wrong? Can millions be wrong? If Christianity was based on democracy, which looks for the popular majority, we would be right to follow the masses, because can the multitudes, the masses, be wrong? But that assumes that man is good and has no need of a Savior. And if there's anything that this Bible teaches us that we can all agree on tonight, that this Bible warns us that every son or daughter of Adam and Eve needs a Savior. 
And the Bible is all about the Savior whom God has sent into this world. But the way without a Savior, it assumes that we can have salvation by works, salvation by our own goodness, our own righteousness. I thought of a text in Micah chapter 6, verse 6. Let me ask you to turn to it. It's good Bible exercise. One of the minor prophets, Micah, And in these couple of verses, we see what we require to come to God, what man needs to be right with God. And it asks the question, wherewithal shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? That's Micah chapter 6 and verse 6. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of the soul? Now, did you notice something there? In every one of those options, there is the thinking, the wrong assumption, that we have to give something to God. We have to provide some present oil, rams, sheep, the firstborn of our family, that these are gifts that God requires of man. And men think of buying their way into God's favor. And that is across the board. Every religion is based on that. Every uh, religious action of man is based on that. Give money to the church, support, uh, be a good to your neighbor. And all of it is buying favor with God. But what does verse 8 say? Here's the answer comes. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of thee but to do justly? Love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. And if you follow the light of that text, you'll be at the cross before you know it. You'll be sitting at the feet of Jesus, pleading his mercy, asking for his forgiveness for sin, not bringing your own works, your own goodness, your own Uh, righteousness, all of that you will cast away, and you will sit at Jesus' feet humbly as a sinner in need of a Savior. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And I'm sure on this Lord's Day uh, across Canada, there are thousands of people who have gone to houses of worship on the premise that they could buy or work their way to God's favor. That's wrong. That is condemnation. It's the way to death. And if the preacher in the pulpit is worth his salt, he will be preaching against that notion every morning, every evening, every opportunity to warn his people that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, 
but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, let me ask you tonight, are you in the right way that you recognize, first of all, you need the Bible, and you need the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to save you from your sins? Then you're on the right way. Number three, we move to the third note of danger. There is the way without a new heart. Now, how did I get that? Well, I've been reading the Proverbs, and if you go to chapter 16, verse 1, you'll notice that the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. We need a new heart. The preparations of the heart belong to the Lord. Now, what this verse tells me, that man's heart is not right. Man's heart is not lined up with God. Our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, as the book of as, uh, Jeremiah tells us. And if men follow their own hearts— now, we're talking about a way that seemeth right unto man. Men who follow their own hearts will always go the wrong way. And so that advice—and you may hear this in times—follow your heart. Never listen to that kind of advice. That advice seems right. They sound so fuzzy and wonderful, but it's deceptive. If a man follows his own heart, he'll go all the broad road to hell and lose his soul, because the Bible over and over warns us and tells us that we need a new heart. We need a heart that is regenerated and saved by grace. And I've got Psalms and Proverbs, Jeremiah, a whole host of Bible texts to preach that one tonight, but time's against me. But do you understand tonight that if you follow your heart, your natural heart, your Adamic nature, your fallen, depraved, sinful heart, you will lose your soul? Absolutely. And Jesus said, ye must be born again, and you need a new heart. And the covenant of grace God promises, I will give a new heart, a new desire, and take away the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. And so you need to be born again. And I pray tonight that you, therefore, are not following that way of deception. Number four is the way without prayer is the way of death. Now, for the ungodly, Many are decisions are made without prayer, and people make the biggest decisions of life, and they have no thought of God, no thought of being guided. Uh, they might talk about karma. They might talk about, well, I hope the gods are with me, and they might cross their fingers and do all kinds of things that, that might recognize that there's some force somewhere that might guide me. But how many get down on their knees and cry to God to be guided into the right path. Do you pray when you make decisions, Lord, if this decision's wrong, close the door, bang it shut tight, lest I make the wrong decision. And the godly man or woman 
will always take their decisions to the Lord in prayer. And we know when we don't that it's sorrow ahead. We know there's going to be regret. And we look back and we think of King David. The whole life of David, for the most part, was a life of victory after victory after victory. And he took everything to the Lord in prayer. And he asked the Lord, shall I go up? Shall I take on these Philistines? And the Lord told him to go up. And then there were times when David hot-headedly rushed into battle without prayer, and it led to defeat. And you won't be long in the Christian life until you realize that will be true in your life too. And decisions without prayer will lead to grief. Our prayer is therefore the barometer of your heart. If you're a man or a woman of prayer, you will be on a safe path. But if you're walking in the midst of this fallen, twisted, perverse world without prayer, you will go astray. In fact, the barometer would say, can you be a child of God if you're not praying? If you're not looking upward, are you right inward? Prayer is so necessary. And the prayerless man or woman is going in the way of death. Now, on my way to church tonight, I thought on an application of this that applies to this congregation. If this church does not pray, it'll die. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. And many today are trying to build churches by methods, money, schemes, and, 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 and all kinds of contemporary ways, but it will not be the true church. And if we as Christians, as a church, are not constantly in prayer, this church will die. Money will not cut it. Methods will not cut it. We need the power of God. We will become like the Laodicean church that was lukewarm. And the Lord said that he would spew them out of his mouth because they were neither hot nor cold. And if we are not a church much in prayer, we die. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. And it seems right. We, we can do it as long as we get the numbers, as long as we get the money, as long as we get the hoopla. We can do it. And all the while the prayer meeting is empty. And in reality, the church is dying. And so I appeal to you tonight, do not follow the way that seems right, but leads to death. But give yourself to prayer, personally, quietly, on your own with God, and your Christian life will blossom. And let us as a church gather together often for the weekly prayer meetings and plead with God, lest we die. Now, the final one, and I take this also from the book of Proverbs here, is that the way without humility is the way of death. And I'm going to take you back to chapter 15, verse 33, and it says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. If you ever want to deal with your pride, 
read the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs hits the proud man or woman over the head with a two before. It says, pride goeth before destruction. A man's pride shall bring him low. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of the heart in man. And before honor is humility. This humility means that we fear to offend God. We will fear his chastisements. And we will fear his eternal wrath. Yes, I fear hell. I fear the damned. I fear lest this body and soul be burned in everlasting destruction. Jesus said, fear not him that destroys the body, but fear him that destroys both body and soul in hellfire. And Christians today need a healthy dose of godly fear, the fear that will keep us from sin, the fear that will keep us from wandering into the world of temptation, the fear that would drive us to prayer, to worship, and to seek God with all his heart. And I will conclude with this note. The man or woman who has no fear of God the trap of the devil is set. You will soon fall. The Proverbs tells us, pride goeth before destruction, and a man's pride will bring him low. God is faithful to us tonight because he has given us this word of warning. God doesn't want us to go the way of danger, and we must apply this to our hearts with all true wisdom. And these are the warnings which we need. And these are the warnings which the world needs. The ministry of the church is to warn men of the ways that seem right, but are the paths to destruction. And that's the work that God has given us to do. And we must let the light of Christ and the gospel shine as a lighthouse to men in danger. What's a lighthouse to do? The work of a lighthouse is to shine in the fog, in the darkness, to keep the ship from the rocks, to tell it to stay clear of this rocky head that will wreck the ship. And the Christian life, the church's life, is to be a lighthouse. Warning! Stay clear. There's a way that seemeth right. And if you're sailing a ship in the fog, I'm sure as you look through the fog, there's many way, ways that seem right, but they are the paths of destruction. And tonight we need the clear light of the gospel. As a church, let us shine and let us be that lighthouse right here in Cloverdale and wherever the Lord is pleased to shine the light of his word. I had another story about a railway. I'll, I'll tell it very quickly. There was a story of a, a person who was walking along a railway line and there was a wreckage right on the line. And they knew the schedule of the train. 
And the train comes down that line on the dot every day, certain hour. And they wondered how they're going to warn the driver of the train. So what did they do? They lit a fire. They gathered bushes and shrubs and put them all on the line, lit a bonfire right there so that the train driver coming through would be warned of the danger ahead. This text tonight is Proverbs 16, 25. And of course, it's, it's doubled. It's also back in chapter 14. And the same warning, lest we go the way that seems right, but are the ways of death. May God use this word tonight and cause us to thank God that he has delivered us from the evil way. We'll not sing tonight. We'll just close in prayer. We'll ask the Lord to use his word in our hearts and our lives. Father, we thank thee for the mercies of God to us, that you've given us the Bible. You've given us your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Savior. You've given us the, the, the means of prayer uh, that we may be guided and directed in the right way. And Lord, you've given us new hearts, and you've given us an attitude of humbly submitting ourselves to thee. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for working this in us. And I pray for anyone here tonight that needs a new heart, that needs to give their life over to Christ, sit at his feet and plead his mercy. And Lord, grant that we as a church will be a light to the many that are in darkness and in danger. We pray that you will use us for your namesake and your kingdom. O oh God, pour out your Spirit in these days. Send us a breath of revival and do us good. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to us. Be with us in the week to come. Keep us in your love and care. Bless those who face hardships and trials. Lord, use them. Sanctify your people through them. May we be made stronger in the Lord and glorify thee. And now dismiss us with your blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining with us on the program. This is Ian Gallagher. And if I can be of personal help, make sure you give me a call or send me an email. All the details are coming up now in the closing announcements, but I would be very happy to talk with you, especially if you are seeking to know the Savior. And I can send you a booklet uh, called A New Beginning that would be of help to lead you in the path of salvation. And it is our burden to encourage everyone to trust the Lord and be sure of your own salvation. Stay tuned now for these announcements. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 
58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.